We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's what the world's been lacking. It's what the world's been missing. A gaming, a sports, a talk show, a podcast, all about gaming and sports. I know the world's been missing it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Stick Talk, hosted by your favorite content creator himself, AA9 I'm, I'm kidding. I am AA9 Skills, but I'm probably not your favorite content creator. But I promise you this might become your favorite podcast in the world, with some of your favorite content creators coming on to speak facts about FIFA about Madden, about NBA 2K, about sports, about fantasy, the drama, the updates, everything you need to know, everything you don't want to talk about, everything we need to talk about, the good, the bad, the ugly, in one spot. Who's on the stick next? You think you good enough? You think you know it all? You got to listen, baby, for the number one, hopefully the number one podcast in the world when it comes to sports and gaming. Ladies and gentlemen, Stick Talk, once a week, coming right to your ears. And you can even watch us live get involved. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Holy nuts, gamers. Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to a very special Esports Rewind podcast. Hello, Sam. that the truth, Jake? Ooh. This is going to be a Ooh. freaking 
fun one. You know, I, I always enjoy talking to you on the podcast uh-huh. because we both get a release, but this is going to be a very special one that we really hope you guys all enjoy. Zan, you want to hit him with an intro and then we'll get this thing rolling? Yeah, yeah, real quick, real quick, guys. If you'd like to tune into the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you like to enjoy your podcast on the go, you can find us as part of the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. That's P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N alongside a lot of other fantastic esports news Man, podcasts. You be rolling. Yo, let's right. ha- I'm, I'm excited to get into this Ready one, to hit guys. It off? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's run it. And first off and foremost, probably why a lot of you guys are listening to the podcast, mm. in case you guys are new listeners, uh, we do the Esports Rewind podcast every single week, same time, same day, me and Zan back and forth on some of the hottest topics, and we really do enjoy discussing the big talk, and that of course being, as this morning, it's a week pre-recorded podcast, so in case... Just a couple days, not a week anymore. Oh yeah, oh, yeah a yeah, few yeah, days, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in case anything else breaks, guys, we don't have, we're just now finding out that right. Optic Gaming has potentially been reacquired by the one and only... <laughs> Formerly Optic Hex, and let's go. I don't even like. It's like 2020 was so crazy already. Uh-huh. I mean, with the virus and everything else, right? The virus and pandemic right. is such a in a weird way. The virus has kind of fallen away. I don't want to say <laughs> like, it's a small part. Yeah, yeah. But so much has gone on, and 2020 mm. has largely, for a lot of people out there, sucked. And we have now seen a glimmer of some positive news out there, but also news that requires some talking about because the 100%. future of Optic Gaming. If you guys don't know the brief details, we do know. Brought to us by Kevin Hit, the Esports Observer did a great job holding this story down for a few weeks. Mm. I can't imagine if I was given this. I'd be every day just... <laughs> no, yeah, he'd just be running around the office screaming, and we'd have to be like, Jake, Jake we understand. We can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> either way, sources do say that apparently Hex has gone on his own, separate from NRG. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it was with an investment group. You, you'd want to assume so, but he has potentially reacquired the rights and branding to Optic Gaming, supposedly with that, the LACDL spot. Now, a lot of people want to focus on, you know, who he's going to sell the spot too because if you guys don't know it's separate from nrg they will retain the huntsman mm-hmm. and that spot in chicago and that will also have an la cdl spot you cannot have two spots you got to sell one and so the first question i guess we can digest is who do you sell the spot to which top of mind you think of yeah, well former optic nade shot yeah 100 <laughs> percent. like but does nade shot want to be involved at Again, this exact stage that's the question and, yeah. and just because they're friends doesn't mean uh. hex is gonna you know get the spot and all of a sudden say yo nade you can have it for free you no, know yeah it's, that's way too much money for that these nonsense. are business like, boys yeah, yeah, and business yeah, uh-huh. boys like their checks of course of course <laughs> and i do at this point i gotta wonder do we need two la teams I think if you're I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not saying the gorillas are fantastic. I'm just saying, like you know, it's it's weird to have. You kind of can't have the, the city rivalry. Like I that. think with you know, I don't want we need to toss a fence out there with the lack there of presence for LA Gorillas, mm. and you're the LA Thieves. You get the chance to take the spot and name yourself. That's oh, your that's your base city. Mm. I think everyone's gonna love the fact that Optic is now out of LA and mm. and Thieves is in, and Optic is back in Hex. I don't think we'll see any complaints about the two LA uh-huh. teams. Now there is speculation though. Do you sell to a guy like Hundred Thieves and Nade Shot? Do they want it is another question. Or Dr. Disrespect has also hinted at, you know, San Diego. Does the Uh spot have to stay in L.A.? If you sell an L.A. spot, does it stay L.A.? Can it move cities? See, which would make so much more sense in my mind to have two California orgs and not two L.A. orgs. Yeah. uh, From like an outside perspective looking in, that's just confusion for no good reason right there. I mean, which I 100% agree. Having the L.A. fees would be brilliant. Nobody would complain about that. I think everybody would be pretty happy about that, in Mm -hmm. fact. But like I... 
I would much rather have a little bit of separation there. Yeah, and I, and I think we're probably focusing on maybe the, the less yeah, yeah. lesser exciting yeah. part. For, 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 perhaps. But of course. It's you the know. esports mind of us. Just like us <laughs> yeah. thinking about like, yeah. <laughs> um, but either way, there's going to be interest in this spot. You know, mm. who it will be sold to? Will it be Nade? Will it be Doc? Will it be a different uh, group or, or, or organization? And will it be in LA or another city? Obviously, the huge news here being that Optic Gaming is now back under Hex control. And the more important talking point, which can go off so many other places, mm. we are still awaiting details what does this mean for the future of nrg esports see yeah that's the very confusing aspect of this because like you said this deal is supposedly separate from nrg this is under the hex umbrella not under the nrg umbrella mm -hmm. so with hex essentially spearheading the chicago huntsman really doing a lot for nrg as a content creator as a co-owner uh, what is, can you even maintain both brands at the same time? I, it, and it's so odd because, you know, yeah. there are going to be people thinking a lot of different things out there. Mm. You know, I've, I've definitely seen comments already. Do you go from Chicago Huntsman to the mm. Chicago Optic? Because we do know that with how Atlanta Phase worked, Atlanta Phase is separate from Phase Clan. So if supposedly if NRG wanted to, they could rename Chicago Huntsman to Chicago Optic, but Optic Gaming is Hex's brand. Right. So does NRG start having to, to pay Hex and be like, yo, we, and then mm. even further, do you want to replace the Huntsmen who are already the by far and away most recognizable Call of Duty brand? As we've discussed several times on the podcast, just because of like, and I think a large part of that is, as we've also discussed, is because the Huntsman is so much of that Optic DNA in it, has so many people from Optic yeah. that are really making the Huntsman Huntsman. And, and obviously Optic is more notorious than the Huntsman, but yeah. you've already put so much time and energy into the Huntsman. Mm -hmm. And I, it just, <laughs> I, in a way, okay, here, here's my uh, tinfoil hat theory here. Here's my approach. Uh, I think what could potentially work is if Hex and Andy Miller got together, they sat down, we're like, okay, uh, obviously, Hex, you own the Optic brand. We're going to find some way to make this deal make sense for everybody involved. Because yeah. I doubt Hex wants to leave NRG. Yeah. I don't think that's happening. Right I agree. Now. I agree with you. Yeah. And I don't think anybody wants to abandon the Huntsman. They've done too many amazing also things. Also agree. The brand has expanded too much. Yep. Maybe what they could do is have the Huntsman be the competitive arm, have them have the Chicago yes. spot, have the Optic brand become the content arm of the Huntsman of NRG. I'm with really you, Really out there. Like, yeah. Okay, so I'm not right completely crazy. Yeah. I don't think you're completely crazy, but mm. the, the fact is this, we don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. It's there, all, so all speculation. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I guess I'm going to go with you on that on that tinfoil theory. I also think this spot would be, uh, this is my hope. I don't know if it's, it's the most feasible option. I do think Thieves or maybe Doc gets it. Mm. But that's just a total wish in the air. Right, right. Um, but I do agree with you. I think NRG want to keep Hex, and I think vice versa. Hex wants to stay in NRG. He's mm. a co-CEO. And I think they do keep the Huntsman for CDL with everything they've based around. Right. And all of a sudden, you have a content arm, to your point, that is Optic Gaming. So mm. when you have a creator join, you know, we've had all these former Optic creators join, and, and people are like, "Are they NR, is that NRG Hitch? Is that mm -hmm. NRG Maniac? Is that Huntsman Maniac, Huntsman Bose? I think, to your point, mm -hmm. they keep Huntsman for Call of Duty, and Optic Gaming becomes another content arm underneath uh, NRG. It would be such a smooth transition. But, you know, again, we don't know, because that's... that's of course, yeah. Uh, if Hector has those rights, you know, I'm sure he told Andy about this. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you would hope so. Yeah, yeah. The conversation has to have happened, at least right before the article comes out. Yeah, it's just yeah. The, the, the last thing it makes me think of, you know... If Scump finally retires, mm. does he retire as Huntsman Scump and, and then go back to being Optic Scump? That makes sense that in the air. That could make a lot of sense. But there's so much to talk about. Uh, uh, either way, you know, probably the biggest news we have seen in esports and gaming throughout 2020. Especially when it comes to positive, feel-good news yeah, for yeah, everybody yeah. involved. I don't think anybody's feeling bad about this aside from perhaps... 
the people who might might have oh, purchased yeah. optic originals. I'm sorry, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to make this go yeah. on too yeah, long. Yeah, neither do I. But this is a big. That's news. a great final yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, to end this on this one, guys, mm. it makes you really wonder. Immortals Gaming Club, yeah. who bought the optic gaming brand, <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> Strictly for Call of Duty, have now potentially sold it back to Hex, mm -hmm. and you gotta wonder at what cost. All I'm saying is, from day one, we said this was a horrible idea. And all I'm saying is, day one, you weren't the only one saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we weren't. Yeah, <laughs> uh -huh, like uh -huh. everyone kind of saw this coming. There is no optic without Hex. Now Hex is back with optic, supposedly according to sources. Couldn't be more excited, and I'm sure we'll be talking a lot about this in the future. All right, Jake, we're entering the home stretch of 2020. The Lowe's last couple months, it's October now. Halloween is on the way, right? The year is like, it's gone by oh. super slow, but super fast at the same time. It's so true. Yeah, it's so nuts. And I feel like now is a really good time to like kind of touch base on where we think the esports scene, various esports scenes are right now and how we think they'll end 2020. Because I think recent news has us slightly concerned about the long-term success of several scenes. Yeah. This stage i'd agree with that yeah yeah um we can we're not going to touch on every single one because this segment would go on for at least a good hour or so yeah. but let's, let's touch on a couple of the major ones uh csgo for instance the reason <laughs> <laughs> I can't. We can't not talk. Yeah, about there's a lot yeah, to digest in this one. Yeah, yeah. Just to keep it somewhat brief, uh, there the recent coaching scandal uh, implicating uh, 37 coaches potentially in cheating and potentially leading to coaches being removed from CS:GO as an overall. Yes. A lot of people are very concerned about that. Alongside the growing amount of CSGO IGLs going over to Valorant mm -hmm. and leaving NA kind of starred for talent in that respect. Yes. Let's start with CSGO. Where do you think CSGO ends? And I will also throw in there ESIC mm. at the point of his recording yet to also release match mm. fixers who have mm. been either yeah, in very CSGO true. Still coming. or in Valorant. So, uh, you know, to be honest, uh, I sometimes get hate when I talk about CSGO in this regard. I don't think I think a lot of people would agree with me in this sense, though. I did not see Valorant hurting CSGO this much. Neither did I. And especially, I think, uh, as well, mostly North American CSGO. Mm. As you said, a lot of players now, a handful of IGLs, which are hard to replace, especially mm. you know, if you want a scene to grow longevity-wise, you need up-and-comers mm. and you need leaders uh, for these teams as kind well. Of important, Especially yeah. if the coaching role gets removed mm -hmm. based off all the cheating, all of a sudden, a lot more relies on these IGLs to lead their rosters and all those IGLs are going to Valorant, again, at least for North America. So I will say this, I still think Counter-Strike's the future. I still think CSGO is separate enough from Valorant that they mm. can both succeed mm. at, at what they're doing. But I will. I also think that CS has been hindered and hurt a lot more than I thought it would uh, by Valorant so far. So I'm, I'm a bit concerned, yeah. but it's still my game. I absolutely agree. I thought CSGO would be a rock. Valorant would be the wave crashing up against it, not being able to make any yep. progress. But I think a lot of why Valorant has been able to gain so much ground is Valve. These, these are own goals. Valve just letting this stuff happen. It's, it's sad to say, like, yeah. and I guess that leads into our second one, mm -hmm. Valorant. I, I see yeah. is, a, is a, has a bright future, and mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would agree with that. You know that the fact they have come this far so fast and mm. so swiftly and we have pretty much just about every top organization you can name is in some way started or completed a roster the only ones that are out there you know right now we have mm. a couple eu orgs but you know vitality and fanatic are, are the top ones that are not in everyone else nrg the, the most recent right. is in and so if they're in i'm in and they've made a dent in the marketplace and they're continuing to announce new events and, mm. and more rosters being completed valorant's on the rise and it's it's nice to see 
but if you're a CS fan, it's you know it's it's interesting. Yeah, and that's kind of why I didn't even have League of Legends and Valorant on this short list to discuss because I think we've seen Riot time and time again will show up. It'll support its events. It mm-hmm. ha- it's invested in improving its scene, even though they stumble. Let's not say Riot. Riot is certainly not perfect, but they're actively trying very publicly, and we don't see the same from Valve and some other developers out there. Yeah, I can uh, agree with that. Yeah, speaking kind of in that same vein, uh, Overwatch. I knew it was next. <laughs> I knew you were coming. Yeah, with it. going down the list. You know, my guy. <sighs> Overwatch is in such a weird place right now where it is like CSGO, it's struggling because a lot of its pros have made the switch over to Valorant because once again, that scene is seeing so much more support, it's seeing so much more growth, salaries are increasing, there's so much more fan interest at this stage, and Overwatch 2 is still nowhere to be found. We have no information on that. Yeah, kind of a weird delay on that one. We thought Mm. Overwatch 2 would come towards the end of 2020. Then the virus hit. I think we all knew it was going to be a huge delay. Even when Overwatch 2 does get here, we don't know what to expect. Mm. Pretty much same game and a few new things here and there. Yeah, graphical upgrade. Yeah, but Uh a new new price tag as well. And, And can that save a game? It really it makes you wonder because Counter Strike Global Offensive is not the first Counter Strike. Yeah, right. At right. one point, Valve made the same choice and it led to CS:GO, and CS:GO is largely successful. Mm-hmm. So Overwatch Two very well could be the solution, but based off feedback so far, we haven't we haven't been shown as to exactly why that would be. It's not right. proven in right. any regard, and and even further than that, we have the Overwatch Two being announced or you know it on its way with Valorant also being here. We have mm-hmm. Sinatra already making more in Valorant, he has said, than he did in Overwatch because Overwatch is also a franchise league. It's very restrictive for mm-hmm. its players, not to mention very strenuous for players, and that's why we have Overwatch players retiring and leaving so early on in their careers. So, yeah, that is why I am I am concerned about Overwatch, and you, if you want to add possibly inflated viewership numbers, you know, yeah, that's falsely always inflated. a concern here, so yes. So, people mm-hmm. always kind of get, get mad at us for bashing on esports. I, I want Overwatch to succeed but it has to prove it to me in a lot of regards i think we want every esport to succeed at some it's level job. Yeah, yeah. And, and even outside of that as fans i would i'd be totally happy if overwatch is successful it's just like we're concerned because they a lot of their moves don't seem to be positioning themselves for success yeah i, yeah. I think the casual game will do fine yeah hopefully. but I'm, I'm concerned hopefully. about pro players yeah i mean at this stage i don't even know how well the casual game will do if overwatch 2 is 60 dollars at release yeah. i mean like you said uh, there was a counter-strike before csgo but very different industry right now tons of fantastic games games out there tons of them are free yes easily that's a accessible very good, that is a very good point to make yeah so i don't think if, if overwatch 2 comes out with a full triple a price tag if they even go all in and try to go with that next gen price tag of 70 dollars versus 60 dollars that's a tough proposition to ask somebody to purchase that yeah yeah, yeah, continuing to go down the list. I got to talk about it very briefly. The FGC. Knew it. I think we're dying. I think <laughs> I'm very concerned. I think we're dead. Um, it's 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 been a rough year. It's supposed to be a banner year for the FGC. We were supposed to have our first uh, global tournament mm-hmm. for Smash Bros. We were having several big events for Street Fighter, Dragon Ball, had some stuff planned for Grand Blue. Um, and, you know, the fighting game community, unlike others, kind of can't make the transition to online play in the same way because... Good old Netcode. Netcode is just... Just not it's non-existent um but hey we're making progress on that so hopefully we can turn it around in 2021 uh cdl though i'm actually rather optimistic about will, this be, will, be, will this be the final uh, yeah 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 cdl is like yeah the last one this is an interesting one because yeah. i think mm. we can likely compare overwatch to call of duty in terms in of, of ways, viewership yeah. numbers right mm. you know in the mm. same in the same region of yeah, viewership same ballpark and i think people that are concerned about overwatch a lot of them instinctively go okay if you're not high on overwatch why are you high on call of duty mm. for me it's a franchise game it's been right. around for so so long and i will say cdl season one oh my goodness gracious mm. had 
a lot of issues. But right. what Call of Duty has, at least for us, and again, I'm biased because we cover a lot of Call of Duty news because of this reason. Mm. They have storylines. Exactly. They have drama. They have controversy. They have pro players with big backgrounds and big stories to tell. Mm. And they keep on, you know, making some good moves. Optic Gaming now potentially back as well. Nade Shot might be joining. Doc might be joining. Call of Duty's been around for a long, long time, a lot longer than Overwatch, and I think it will be in the future as well. If they can transition that success more towards the competitive game, not even to mention the success of Warzone, mm. I do think Call of Duty has a great future, and, and that's, again, me being biased, mm. but I think it's a very different debate than that of Overwatch. I'd say I'm biased in exactly the opposite direction. Like, I don't like Call of Duty. I specifically did not buy Modern Warfare. I don't play Call of Duty anymore. I used to love it in the MWT days. I kind of low-key hate playing it now, but I'm, for a lot of the same reasons, you are i'm very optimistic about the future of the scene of the game of the league we see that the game itself has problems cdl has problems <laughs> yeah to say the least a lot of issues <laughs> yeah but all of the people who are involved at the base level the hexes of the world the andy millers like you know like there is so many so much personality and so much juice behind the scene overall that i think even if like the CDL itself stumbles, the game stumbles, these people will help lift it up to success as we've seen throughout the season. Yeah, the only thing I'm really worried about is if a game ever comes out that sucks, like is yeah. really, really bad yeah. because you're stuck with it for a year. Mm. Uh, but again, they keep on bouncing back year after year. And I think there is still so much potential to be released into the esports and competitive side mm. um, that, you know, Activision or others have kind of failed to, you know, really cross over. But I think we're slowly getting there. So I think the, the high potential of Call of Duty is why I'm so high on the future of it. Mm. I'd be much more excited if they announced, hey, three years until the next Call of Duty. Like we're going to give them time to work on it. Yeah, get rid but of you the don't bugs. disrupt that kind of model, no, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Money is money. Uh, yeah, either true, way, true. some esports doing very well, others struggling. It, it's all up in the air in a huge debate as to what the future of a lot of esports might be. And now, guys, a quick word from our sponsors. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And something I'll try and keep short and sweet and simple, but something that certainly impressed me over the past uh, many weeks that we have talked about in the office, that's going to be FaZe Clan. You know, someone I don't give probably too many compliments and, and a lot of flack for some of their choices, mm -hmm. but you really can't argue with their, you know, their st strictly just genius choices. That being the return of the Phase 5 recruiting challenge and the reach this thing has had, it, I mean, it's it's remarkable to mm -hmm. say the very least. I, I can't even wrap my head around the kind of numbers they drew in with Phase 5. Yeah, it is insane. Uh, I was doing very, very vague estimates. We cannot get full numbers, of course, of how wide-reaching this campaign was. But even our vague estimates have the sheer impression of the people involved at insane numbers that I don't think any other brand in the space could even 
come close to reaching. Yeah, we found out just this past week, and the challenge is actually still ongoing because they got so many applicants. Uh, they're going to be pushing back, you know, the, even the reveal of their top 100, yeah, let right. alone the reveal of their actual five who uh-huh. will be joining Phase Clan. They actually confirmed they got over 200,000 submissions uh, to the Phase 5 challenge, not even to mention the amount of people who are actually tweeting the hashtag Phase mm-hmm. 5. And you you found numbers, which I think we're confident in saying in terms of impressions that this actually drew in. Yeah, do we want to toss that out there? Okay. So yeah, what, 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 what I could from what I could tell, I'm a numbers guy. I spend a lot of time like trying to do analysis on this type of thing so we can better our platform as well as learn how other people do what they do. My very vague estimates I was able to achieve were way over 50 billion impressions. That's billion with a B. Capital B right there. And that's like that's like that is a super conservative estimate. And I think you would be easily correct. I mean, just yeah. based off I have I put out one phase five tweet with the hashtag, and that mm. tweet got currently, I think, over 120 thousand impressions Mm. so think about that two hundred thousand applicants and likely millions of tweets right that could have a lot of impressions to them. Yeah, mm. I think 50 billion is a, probably a decent estimate, mm-hmm. if not, like you said, very conservative. It feels very conservative. And then you yeah. even you add on the fact that 200,000 people, dude. Right. First of all, no other org gets that many applicants. Let's give a shout out to whoever at Phase is responsible for going through all these applications. True. You are like, you are going to be dying for the next several weeks, most likely. And I, I hope to God it wasn't yeah. 200,000 applicants with clips. I, I like to think that. <laughs> Uh-huh. A few thousand, just like they put the hashtag phase five and was like, I want in, and you yeah, can just throw yeah, those right. out. Yeah. But either way, you had to comb through that many people. Mm-hmm. No wonder it's going to take this long. I, but you imagine the marketing and promotion and exposure phase got right. for free. Imagine this being in your marketing deck, just being like, hey guys, so we just did a small little thing over here. We did a small recruiting challenge to get to add a new employee to our roster and just look at the impressions that that alone brought us. Imagine Dude, what we could do for your brand. You go to an investment group. Yeah, you, uh-huh. you wonder why FaZe Clan brings in all these big names. Right. This is one, like you said, you put this on your freaking resume or portfolio or mm. a, a freaking slideshow yeah. and you show one recruiting challenge. Uh-huh. It's like, if you're anyone from outside the esports scene, you're like, how many people? Right. Uh, yeah, I'll give you a mil, uh, five mil, like whatever you want. If I can put out a quick request, if anybody at Phase is listening, we will keep this on the down low. We will not share this with the audience. I just want to know the numbers. I just need to know from a purely intellectual level. Jake and I are very curious. Yeah. What did this do for you guys? Yeah. And yeah. Well, I guess we'll end it on this. I, I don't even think 100 Thieves. <laughs> could have gotten 200,000 no, applicants. I don't think so. FaZe has been around and tenured for so long. And mm. every, I think, I mean, there's so many kids out there. And right. that's not a knock on them. But there are so many young gamers out there who, if you ask them, who do you want to join? Mm. They say FaZe Clan. Right. And they don't, I mean, it's just. FaZe is so much of the nostalgia factor, too, from, like you said, being around from the old days, back when, like, RCs were more, like, regular. Yeah. When, in order to get into an org like FaZe, you were doing recruiting challenges, and that was that. Was that. And you don't see those nearly as often you don't anymore really see on them. a public level, at yeah. least, you know? So it's just have open this up to the public. Like, not many orgs can do this, will do this. And I don't think anybody will ever manage to reach the heights that FaZe just did. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe sometime. But. May, in the future, and we'll yeah. be breaking it down, guys. Yeah. Either way, FaZe 5 and FaZe Clan, absolutely genius marketing.
Okay, speaking of very interesting marketing moves, let's talk about one made. Well, I don't know if it's quite a marketing move, but it has ha resulted in some positive marketing benefits for an organization out there named Schalke. Mm -hmm. Not one that we talk about super often. Mostly not... known for League of Legends. Yeah, exactly. And we don't really cover too much League. Uh, but today we're covering a move made in their FIFA scene. As one of their players, <laughs> a man by the name of Tim, has come out and in active protest of, <laughs> of the loot boxes in FIFA, and that entire monetization system has announced that he will not be buying any player packs for this upcoming season, and Schalke has come out in support of him, donating the money that the organization would have had to spend for their player to be competitive to charity, which brilliant move right there yeah and i know you're bringing this up just because of the anti-loot box strategy but also it's kind of weird because mm. you know they're going to be donating that those proceeds to charity that's amazing mm. does that also kind of you know hurt him competitively it absolutely does so they which kind is of take that bite up. Yeah. yeah yeah i think it's it's I think they're making a good stand here because, as they said, money should never be the determining factor in whether or not you can compete at a oh, high level. Oh, FIFA and 2K are egregious. Oh, mm -hmm. my Jesus, Willikers. You can only right. be competitive if you do spend the money, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely insane. If you want to be the best of the best, if it's ultimate or whatever, you have to spend money. And, yeah, the figure quoted here was $2,000 roughly uh, because these are loot boxes, so it is kind of random what kind of roster you get. For those who aren't aware, uh, FIFA actually has a system in it where the characters that you play with you have to earn them through loot boxes and unless you actually buy these loot boxes if you try to compete you are at a distinct disadvantage which you know you can say whatever you want about other scenes where hey maybe you have a nice computer maybe you have a nice keyboard maybe you have like a special mouse or heck i have a custom arcade stick all of that is subjective this is an objective disadvantage you're putting people at just so EA can make a couple more bucks. Yeah, and I'm surprised the competitive scene has not, you know, made these kind of stances before, but it, it is mm -hmm. kind of unique to those titles. But and obviously it works for EA, right? right They're making right. tons of money, good for them. I think it's crazy this is actually news. You know, yeah, right? can you imagine like a CSGO pro coming out and saying, I'm not buying cases this season? And everyone <laughs> right? would be like, We don't care. <laughs> They'd be like, What does that mean? Yeah, like hey, congratulations. <laughs> like, but obviously this goes to charity. It's making a yeah. great stance against this loot box meta that's been around for so long. And the fact that you have to, in any competitive nature, mm. spend money to be more competitive, it's I'm automatically not going to align with that. Right, Can you right. imagine League doing that, or you know CS:GO doing that, or mm. any top top esport out there? Or say you have a very nice gun in Call of Duty that's locked away behind a loot box. Yeah, like you can only yeah. unlock certain sites if you buy a battle pass. I mean, mm. again, it's something that you cannot really fathom why this is actually a thing in the first place. Mm. And so it's great to see a little stance out there. We'll see right. if it actually provokes any responses. I mean, EA EA doesn't care. Yeah. EA is going to be like, you're not giving us your two thousand dollars. Oh, well. It's, We'll just take that just out of the couch a, real quick. Wait and, a second. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But, you know, it is nice to see orgs actually, you know, putting themselves at a disadvantage willingly to actually make a stance against what is very clearly a predatory practice. And I guess now we await, yeah. after uh, the upcoming season, what Schalke does with their pro player. Yeah, hey, maybe he wins, and then maybe that'll be, that'd be dope. Or but, maybe next season they're like, yeah, we're going to start letting you pay. You're, <laughs> we're going to let you buy more packs uh, again. There won't be any news release about that. Yeah, they'll, do, they'll do that on the down, though. <laughs> 
As per usual, we hope you guys all enjoy the Esports Rewind podcast. Certainly a special one with some more big news coming, hopefully sometime in the near future. But we hope you guys all enjoy. All right, thank you all for watching. All you audio listeners, all you YouTube listeners, I really do appreciate you guys. Zan, you want to hit him with that uh, outro? Yeah, thank you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate the support. Uh, our growth this year has been insane, and it is all thanks to your viewers, you listeners out there. Uh, if you're a viewer of the YouTube channel and you'd like to listen to the podcast on the go on iTunes, Spotify, your favorite podcast platform of choice as always you can find us as part of the prediction esports talk show network just type in p-r-e-e-d-i-c-t-i-o-n you can find us right there the esports talk esports rewind podcast uh, by all means check us out there shout out to our audio listeners we appreciate you guys tuning in very much if you'd like you know some daily esports news content keeping you in the loop on all the biggest stories check out our youtube channel esports talk you can also find pardon me find us on twitter at talk underscore esports instagram at esports underscore talk or our website where we cover some more stories that we don't get to touch on on the channel esportstalk.com Jake you have anything you'd like to leave the good people with thank you all for watching you nutter butters we'll see you back here same time same day next week on the esports rewind podcast see you fellas and guys and gals, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you get on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering off on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.